0: I.D. The Future, a podcast about evolution and intelligent design.
1: Greetings, I'm Tom Gilson. The human body is an absolute marvel of engineering and the biological sciences are starting to come to grips with what that really means. A new book on it titled Your Designed Body by Steve Lofman and Howard Glicksman has just come out in paperback and Lofman had a conversation on it recently with Michael Medved on The Michael Medved Show.
0: And on the Michael Medved Show, it's a great pleasure to welcome Steve Loffman to our show. He is a speaker, author, a computer scientist, and a consultant in the design of enterprise class systems with expertise in the difficulties of changing complex systems to perform new tasks. He leads the engineering research group at Discovery Institute, and he chaired the program committee... For the 2021 conference on engineering in living systems uh steve is the co-author of the book your designed body it's uh released in paperback uh this uh this week and uh, steve congratulations on that when uh, when you talk about your design body and you talk about the whole theme of the book is that the human body is an engineering masterpiece. If it's uh, such an engineering masterpiece, and it works so very well, uh, how do you explain all those people who are in hospitals where things went terribly wrong?
2: Well, that's a good question. Things do go wrong, uh, even in the best engineered systems. one of the uh, one of the things that we have to account for in dealing with living systems is that they are systems like all others, and they degrade over time. I so, see. And so, there are, of course, lots of things that can go wrong. Uh, user abuse; uh, people aren't always real kind to their bodies. Right. Uh,
0: and again, when you talk about the human body as an engineering masterpiece. Uh, one of the things that's fascinating in your book is it goes into some detail about the literally hundreds, thousands of engineering problems that the uh, body has to surmount uh, or else you die. And uh, what's, what's an example, the first example to get people's attention uh, that, that reflects the reality of how we live every day, every minute?
2: Uh, the the issue that sort of brought this to the forefront for me was um, respiration. The human body uh, is a is a large multicellular uh, system. So uh, you have roughly thirty plus trillion cells in your body. Each one of those cells needs oxygen. If you are a bacteria uh, cell you could get oxygen from the environment, but most of the cells in a large body like ours cannot. Uh, they don't have access to the environment, so they have to get oxygen some other way. So you need a lot of systems to deliver oxygen to every one of those 30 trillion cells. And and, and that's, a, that's an enormous engineering problem, which requires a lot of clever engineering solutions.
0: Yeah, it has. Have people contacted you, or have you spoken to people who are working in the AI field and uh, actually seconding? Uh, I think what is the the main theme of your book? The book again is called Your Designed Body, and it's just released in paperback, and it's uh, featured at MichaelMedved dot com. You can go see. The book itself and what it has on offer uh, by just going to michaelmedved.com but when you find people who are working in the ai field and trying to design artificial intelligence thinking feeling functioning robots uh why is uh, uh, that somehow less even less complex than the human body, as you describe it.
2: Uh, actually, I was an uh, AI researcher for many years uh, in the distant past in my career. Um, the, uh, the The intelligence problem is much harder than most people realize. Um, human intelligence is is absolutely astounding in capability and breadth. So I, I don't. I don't think that uh, anyone's very close to the, what's often called the AI singularity, where a machine takes on human intelligence, and uh, I I don't even think that's likely to ever happen. Um, What AI really uh, does primarily is um, uh, developers design um, heuristics or algorithms that uh, mimic human intelligence in a particular domain. And that's actually not very hard to do. The problem is that uh, human intelligence has so many domains and capabilities that are far beyond what what can be done um, in a uh, computing system. So, what what the human body does is way more interesting than that. It it can make new copies of itself. It can overcome attacks from. Uh, inside uh, from bacteria or viruses, um, it's able to uh, it's, it's able to perform uh, as you said, thousands of complex functions uh, and it's able to prevent failure, which is a, a, a much sought after engineering capability. How in the world do you keep systems from failing over time? And uh, so,
0: in, not- in, go, oh, go ahead.
2: Oh I I'm not sure that answered the question about AI but um AI is uh is, is really just a computing uh technology uh and and the human body is way 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 beyond that.
0: And and uh in terms you mention in the description of of your book that every day our bodies solve hundreds of hard engineering problems simultaneously or else the body dies. Uh, while you're going about your daily business and like talking on a radio show, your body stores, retrieves, translates, and manages software for thousands of proteins, switches, set points, thresholds, feedback loops, coordinate systems, counters, and timers. What do you mean it manages software? How's the a body do that?
2: Yeah, well, there. how is a harder question. We can observe... <laughs> Better than we can explain. Um, so uh, the the body is uh, working autonomously to do its job. So you have uh, estimated hundreds of different types of cells just in your brain. And the cells all look pretty much the same, but they are running different programs and doing different things. And no one really understands what that means or how it works. But it's it's pretty amazing and that all happens Without you thinking about it, so your your cardiovascular system delivers oxygen to every cell, but you're not you're not worrying about that you're not thinking about it um, it's all happening uh, subconsciously so and that's the amazing property is that frees you up to be able to think about other more interesting things, hmm. like radio programs
0: right or the uh, bad design argument Uh, what is the the essence of the bad design argument that you write about in your book the book again your design body now released in paperback Uh, what's the essence of the bad design argument and why do you say it's a non-starter
2: so um, Charles Darwin uh, did this and uh, most of his followers since have, or many of his followers have followed suit They find uh, something that looks out of place in the body uh, or that uh, seems to uh, have been maybe useful in the past but isn't anymore. And so they infer from that that the body could not have been designed because it's designed poorly. So uh, there there are a, a couple of variations on the argument, one of which is serious, it's called discordance. Uh, we, we probably don't have time to go into here, but most of these arguments are just uh, silly. Okay, They're, let's um, get
0: to the let's get to the heart of the where they fall short. Uh, speaking with Steve Lofman, who's co-author of the uh, new book Your Designed Body. Uh, more coming up on the Medved Show. And on the Michael Medved Show, uh, the leader of the engineering research group at Discovery Institute is named Steve Laufman. He is the co-author with Howard Glicksman, who is a physician, uh, of the uh, new book just released on paperback called Your Designed Body. And based on the idea that uh, the body is such an engineering masterpiece you have to look at some of the complexity and the ingenious and remarkably sophisticated means in which the body works and assume that there was a designer and uh, the biggest argument against that is the uh, the the idea of bad design which uh, Steve was just telling us about as associated with uh, Charles Darwin initially and it has to do with the fact that, okay, there are aspects of the body. Don't they generally use the appendix as a, uh, a, a good aspect, a good demonstration of a feature in human bodies that people don't really need anymore? Which uh, sort of uh, raises another question, doesn't it? is that if if that's the case, that you don't need the appendix anymore, why hasn't, if you believe in natural selection and Darwinian evolution, why hasn't it just evolved itself away?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. So there are quite a few sort of classical examples of this argument. Uh, The wiring of the uh, human retina or the mammalian retina in the eye, um, the, uh, the way the wrote and uh, uh, is designed in the body. We actually uh, spend quite a, a bit of time uh, discussing that one in the book. Uh, but the, the, the problem is that biologists, the people who make these arguments, don't understand that there's an entire engineering discipline around reviewing design. Engineers know how to look at other designs and determine where and whether and how uh, they're deficient, and uh, and we we lay out a five-step uh, process for determining whether something really is badly designed in the book. Uh, so I'd I'd encourage uh, listeners to get get a copy if they're interested in going deeper on this. But uh, basically, it it comes down to. Um, not understanding why the design is the way it is and not considering the design trade-offs. So uh, the, in all designs, there are trade-offs in the way you solve various problems, which problems you prefer to solve uh, efficiently versus others may be less, less efficiently. And, um, and then you have to acknowledge that things do degrade over time. So, you know, you, we live that. We know our car our car falls apart over time, our TV falls apart over time, and our knees fall apart over time. So it's not a big surprise that there are things that are easily criticized. But uh, But to really properly criticize things in the human body or any other living system, we really need to be disciplined about it. And that's where these arguments always fall apart.
0: One of the things that you address in uh, your book, uh, Your designed Body, now released in paperback, and again, information about the book is posted right at michaelmedved.com. One of the things that you talk about is TOBD, the Theory of Biological Design. How would you define that?
2: Uh, So we... um we believe that by uh, using, starting from an engineering perspective and using that approach, we can, we can apply what we know about systems to living systems, and in particular here, the human body. And uh, we can come up with a much better way to, to, to uh, think about and do research on the origins questions. So how did systems like this come to be? Where do they come from? How do they, how do they change over time? And so our, our theory is, uh, it's, it's early times for this theory. It's, it's actually a call, sort of a call back to um, ancient times uh, where design was generally considered to be the, the best answer. But it's, it's uh, been mashed up with modern evidence. So, and engineering thinking, of course. So it, it includes things like uh, intentional action. You don't build an Atlas rocket without intending to do so. You don't build an iPhone without intending to make an iPhone. So, uh, and, and then there are uh, all kinds of organic changes that can happen in a living system over time. Uh, engineers understand how these things can work. What we don't know and need to do much more research on is how they did work in the past. So, uh, so obviously, all living systems have adaptive capabilities that can modify themselves based on changes in their environment.
0: So, in terms of modifying themselves, you you spoke before about the intent uh, behind the design. Uh, how how would you summarize, and how do you summarize in in your book the uh, the actual intent? of the design system that you're talking about, which is the human
2: body. Well, of course, we're, uh, we're sort of in reverse engineering mode here. We don't have, unfortunately, we don't have the design documentation for the human body. So we have to infer things, but as engineers, we know how to do this. So um, we, we know that to overcome certain types of causal hurdles like building a coherent system. The the human body is filled with coherence and interdependencies. And there's really only one way to overcome those kinds of problems in a system. And that is you have to design it to overcome those problems. And you have to intentionally build the design.
0: And uh, again, and the um, intent would be and how, how would you, I guess, you use the reverse engineering, as you were saying, to try to probe that question of intent?
2: Right. But, but it's, what is fairly clear, I think, to anyone who's approaching the question with an open mind, is that the human body was designed to enable the human experience. The human experience is not explained by the body, but it seems to require the body, which is a, a, a hard question, but a very interesting one to ponder. If if our bodies are there mainly to make the me, you know, where's the you inside your body? We all know we inhabit a body, but we are not our body. We're, we're separate from our body in certain ways, but we can't escape our body. So... Um, it, it looks like that's why the body is here, is to enable something richer, something deeper, something much harder to explain.
0: So, but it is so fascinating, and especially the way you lay it out. One of the concluding chapters in the book is called From One Cell to 30 Trillion. Explain. Explain.
2: Right so uh the human body has this crazy uh capability of course all living systems can do this but it's it's uh, our our subject is the human body it can make a new body so how do you since all these systems are coherent and interdependent how do you build a new one so uh so there's so we we go through a few chapters on uh reproduction and development and uh development is pretty amazing. So at conception, a zygote uh, is a new the start of a new human body, a single cell. within nine months it grows to several trillion cells and then by adulthood it's up above 30 trillion cells. And those cells differentiate, they make all kinds of different patterns and shapes and functions and mechanisms and uh, they differentiate into, hundreds of different cell types. Uh, we don't really know how many kinds of cells there are, but the different cells have different shapes. They have different purposes. They have different uses. Red blood cells, sperm cells, brain cells, uh, cells in, your, in the retina of your eye, the rods and cone cells. These cells, all, they do all the work in the body, and they do very, very different kinds of things depending on their role in the body. And
0: again, all of this is somewhat mind-blowing, and I uh, hope that people who are listening here appreciate the, uh, the depth of the impact uh, behind uh, this book. It is called Your Designed Body. It is now released in paperback together with all kinds of critical praise from uh, literally dozens of the leading scientific minds in the world. It is certainly a great contribution, and Steve Laufman, we greatly appreciate it in this greatest nation on God's green earth.
1: That was Steve Laufman, head of Discovery Institute's Engineering Group, speaking with Michael Medved about his new book, co-authored with Howard Glixman, titled Your Designed Body. You can find out more about the book and purchase your copy at YourDesignedBody.com. Again, that's YourDesignedBody.com. We say thank you to The Michael Medved Show and to Michael Medved himself for hosting this conversation. Until next time, for ID the Future, I'm Tom Gilson. Thank you for listening. Visit us at IDTheFuture.com and IntelligentDesign.org. This program is Copyright Discovery Institute and recorded by its Center for Science and Culture.